The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my fantastic co-host. First up, she always seduces her way into getting what she wants. It's Katie Cat. What? Yes, I do. Anyways, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I do. Hey guys, hope um, you enjoyed the episode. I really did, so I can't wait to talk about it. Next up, she went on a quest for a magical toadstool. It's Ashley Michelle. <laughs> hey guys, I hope you guys have been having a great day so far. Looking, down, looking forward to talking with you guys. And last but not least, she mysteriously appeared through the shadows and revealed that she's still alive. It's Pimenta. Hey everybody! So yeah, I'm still alive and... There's a new villain in town, or rather in Camelot, right? Let's talk about that. <laughs> that was fantastic. So uh, our wonderful Ava Stark is not with us tonight. She, uh, my enchanted rose, uh, uh, sort of notified me that she was waking up, but unfortunately she had vanished. So I think the Dark Swan has her, but I guess we'll find out next week. Who knows? So let's jump into our recap of episode 503, which was titled Siege Perilous, and it aired on October 11th, 2015. So here's the official synopsis of the episode. In Camelot, the heroes feverishly work to free Merlin. Determined to help Emma, David embarks on a quest to retrieve a magical relic that Regina could use to communicate with the imprisoned sorcerer. But when David leaves, Arthur insists on joining him because the dangers ahead are greater than he can imagine. Meanwhile, Mary Margaret discovers the fate of her old friend Lancelot. Back in Storybrooke, Arthur seeks David's help to catch a thief who threatens the safety of the citizens of Camelot. Across town, Emma reaches out to a conflicted hook as she sets about her plan to draw Excalibur from the stone. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode as we usually do, and I hardly ever start first, so I'll go first. 
I really like this episode. It's been a while since we've seen a snowing or a charming flashback that is actually really interesting, and I found myself really entertained by all the Camelot sequences and everything that David had to go through in his little journey and quest, and I'm really loving the storybook section as well. They're doing a great job uh, this season writing snow and charming. I actually was rooting for them, and they made some smart choices, and David, you know, can think on his own and make intelligent choices as well. It was fantastic. So what did everyone else think? Pimenta. Uh, surprisingly, I liked it a lot more than what I was expecting, because last time, you know, there was a charming episode. I think it was last season, the second episode. I found myself a bit bored, but... Yesterday, I it was great. I mean, I, I actually really, really like everything about Camelot so far. And I love the new bromance between Charming and Arthur. Although, Arthur, uh, you ruined us, darling. Anyway, and uh, yeah, like you said, the storybook section was also very cool. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talk about it. Katie, your initial reaction? I really liked it. Um, I thought some parts were a little bit hard for me to follow along with regarding um, are we in, in, in Camelot right now or are we uh, in Storybrooke? Um, you I had to like. Clothes. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. I had to look at like um, David's clothes, like take a second glance at his clothes to see where we were. Um, but I really, it was a good episode. Um, it might not have been my favorite, but it was definitely better than most of the episodes in last season. So I think this season's really stepping up the game and um, just keeping the quality there and it was great. It was nice to see Charming kind of at the center again and to see him bring something to uh, the story. So that was great. And Ashley, what'd you think? This is my favorite episode so far out of the three of them. I felt like compared to the first two episodes, this one was just so much more intense and so much more full full of information. Um, and... I think I can speak for a lot of the fandom here, and all we want to do is see our favorite characters be happy. And I know that we can't get back up until we hit rock bottom, and I love that this episode is starting to get towards rock bottom. It's not there yet, but the closer we get to rock bottom, the closer we get to coming back up from it. And I'm, I'm really waiting to see what happens after this episode. This episode was a fantastic setup for rock bottom. Well, there you go. I don't think we're going to hit rock, rock bottom yet. We have an entire season. But uh, I am excited to see what rock bottom looks like, though. Well, I don't think she's going to magically be undark swan in seven more episodes. But they might surprise us. You never know. You never know. We can, we can be hopeful. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Season though, not just the first half. Just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where this all goes, really. Um it's mm -hmm. just oh I really love the plots that they have for this season. It's just 
it's involving all of our main characters so much and um, bringing them to the forefront. Yeah, exactly. Like bringing them back to the forefront, which is great. So, yeah. Shout out to Granny. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Granny. Yes. Okay, so let's jump into our recap. A quick shout out to the opening title card, which showed the, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Broceliand, I believe is what you officially call it. It's the location where the toadstool was found, and that's part of uh, the Arthurian legend as well. So shout out to that. I always love when they update the the title card to whatever is going on in the episode. So let's... uh, jump into the Camelot section and uh, we see our fantastic uh, Storybrook uh, Avengers are trying to figure out how to free Merlin and they're looking through his spell books and everything and um, basically there's this item in a book it's called the Crimson Crown it's basically a um, I don't know a, a glittery toadstool and well yeah it looks like it, it was like bedazzled or something it was just me that it saw it that way we got the boobs last episode now we got glittery toadstool exactly yes now if we would have had the big boobed fury and the glittery toadstool that would have been epic oh that'd be too much that'd be way too much i think yeah she could she could wear it as a brooch or something oh no no or maybe no. not I'm a mental image right now. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> and so, the um, this uh, glittery toadstool is located in the forest of eternal night, the Broceliande. And uh, David volunteers to go because uh, you know questing is what he does. And Arthur is like, "Well, let me go with you." He says in a very sneaky way. Shady. Shady, shady. So, what did we think of the setup of the episode? Before, you know, before, like, we ended up seeing the entire episode, when this was happening, were you guys excited to see a charming quest or not? Yeah. I think so. It's nice to see him get, you know, something else to do. So, see him jump into action. And silence among everyone else. So they were excited too. <laughs> I feel like it was a nice parallel between when Snow started feeling like she wasn't adventuring anymore and Charming set her out on the quest to find the escaped prisoner. And now he's now in this in Storybrook and in Camelot, sorry. <clears throat> he's doing his own quest. He's refinding himself. So I thought that was a nice parallel. I agree. Yeah. I really like uh, the scenes in storybook more because it showed David's side as a father and how desperate he is that he feels like he cannot help Emma and that it's his fault and he was very I liked how he reacted how he kicked the chair and everything but yeah sorry we're talking about Camelot so in Camelot as well I I really like the fact that he went on on, he, on the quest of his own and. I love the beginning of it when he was just holding baby Neil and he was like, yeah, let the woman do all the job and I'm here holding a baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. Yeah, I think it it was his time. It was his way to shine in front of all the ladies that were doing all the work. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, 
exactly. Girl power, <laughs> Spice Girls. Yep. <laughs> Regina is scary spice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see her in the red dress? Yes. I died. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. It was the spectacular. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm, I, I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so before they went on the quest, uh, we had uh, some really neat exposition. We learned uh, some stuff that we didn't necessarily know before. So uh, basically, we learned that there's a vacant seat at the round table. And it's different from the others. It's actually called the Siege Perilous, and it belonged to the knight with the purest of hearts who went on the most sacred of quests. And it's the man that Arthur had trusted more than a brother until uh, this man betrayed him. And uh, we learned that this knight is Lancelot. So it goes in correlation with what sort of we learned before when we were first introduced to Lancelot, that Lancelot had been banished from the Round Table. And and uh, David goes on to explain that he knows the story of the love triangle because of the legend and whatnot. And uh, then uh, David sort of delivers the news to Arthur that Lancelot is dead. Because that's what the characters know as of thus far. Because remember, the Lancelot that we had seen was one that uh, was basically a glamour spell that uh, Cora had used, and she said that she had killed Lancelot. What I thought was kind of interesting, and, and I don't know, I know that we've been saying that Arthur is very sneaky and shady and all that kind of stuff, but I think it's kind of sneaky and shady that the Charmings aren't being 100% honest, in the sense that, like, David could have easily have said, oh, I've met Lancelot. He presided over my wedding in the Enchanted Forest and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, Charming was a little sort of shady there, not sort of giving up the entire truth. But I guess I can kind of understand why he didn't bring it up in a sense, because this is the man that, that betrayed him. But still, it was kind of weird how... Uh, he didn't bring anything up. Like, he, you know, well, I'm, I don't know who this Lancelot is. I've just heard that he died or something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I didn't even think about it because I just thought, you know, he probably felt awkward that, you know, Lancelot, or <clears throat> Arthur was, you know, you know, thinking that Lancelot betrayed them and all this uh, stuff. And, yeah. So I was yeah, like, like oh, I can... maybe... Oops, sorry. You can go. Go for it. No, no, no. I was, I was just, just going to <laughs> Adorable. Katie, go. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, he probably felt awkward and thought, you know, this isn't the right time to bring up that he married us and, you know, helped us, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just, you know, it was an uh, awful story to tell at that point. I mean... I think the narrative was going to be benefited more uh, by what Arthur had to say about Lancelot and not by what uh, David would have to say about it. So I think that they just, he had, he just wanted to mention that I knew him. He was a good man, but he died. That, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could yeah. be. Could be. 
it was interesting nonetheless, and uh, it was great to sort of see a little bit more of more of like the Arthurian lore, you know, embed itself in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yeah, so while all of this is going on, Regina has this really interesting heart-to-heart with Zelina, and basically puts Zelina in her place. She returns her voice for a little bit, and they have a little bit of a discussion until Zelina starts getting snippy, and basically the point of the conversation is that Regina promises to keep Zelina's baby safe, but she can't say the same for Zelina, because, you know, she is a, she's given her... Um, you know, chance after chance after chance to uh, prove that she's trying to change. What do we think of this conversation in Camelot, in Merlin's lair, with uh, Regina and Zelina? I loved it. I loved it. I First of all, I love the fact that Regina is actually showing, again, the mother inside of her, and how she's going to protect the baby, how she's going to care for it, and she doesn't care that, you know, about how this baby was conceived. The all she cares about is that it's Robin's baby and she's going to make sure that it will grow loved and safe. And I really like the fact that they were playing with the voice. I mean, she gave Zelina's voice back and she took it back every time she wanted. I, I wish I could do that with my sister at times. <laughs> uh, That's great. And, and one more thing is that I, you know, there was a moment when I thought, oh, poor Zelina. But then I realized that Regina was right. She had so many second chances. And she just screwed every chance over and over just because she wanted to take revenge on something that Regina didn't even do to her. And it's absurd indeed to be asking to keep this baby just to have it love her unconditionally. I... Zelina needs some work before she claims her rights to this baby. And and in general, I thought that this scene was very powerful and it was meaningful in many more ways than what was obvious, what was the obvious thing for someone to notice. So I really liked it. <clears throat> I love Zelina as a character so much. So any scene at this point where she's talking and we get to see just how nuts she is, is a little treat. Rebecca Mater yeah. is doing such an amazing job with her. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, she's such a crazy, psychotic character. and I really don't think anyone could play her as well as Rebecca does. Um, she does such a great job with it. Just the inflections in her voice. And she, she really does. She makes you feel sorry for her but at the same time you aren't you know you don't feel sorry for her and it's very conflicting and I don't know so it was a very interesting conversation for sure um it shows how far Regina has come though I did think one of her lines was a little you know well you kind of were the same way too but um it's kind of where she said you can't keep painting yourself as the victim and yeah. Oh yeah. Regina she had to For Regina. Like, oh, for heaven, Regina. Re- really? Like you've done that before a lot. But she's learned. But I know no, exactly. She has learned. It's one of her flaws, though. This is not the same because Regina had four years of character development and four years yeah. trying to be a person. Zelina has not even tried. I mean, last yeah. week she she threatened to out the Emma's the dark one to Arthur. I mean. No, no, she doesn't deserve a second chance right now. She has to earn it first. 
Yeah, I, exactly. I, that still doesn't mean that I don't enjoy her wickedness. I mean, she's crazy. <laughs> she's a maniac. She's batshit crazy. I love it. Whenever yeah. she gets all evilly excited, it looks like she's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I love I, it. I, I, no, it makes me wonder what happened to the show if Zelina and Cruella got together. Oh my gosh, yes! I need that now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe Two a flashback. Oh, that would have been amazing. I know, right? We just need yeah. a we need a spin-off series for Zelina. That's what needs to happen. Yes. We need yes. a spin-off series for all the villain ladies. I mean the Queens of Darkness and Zelina. Oh my god, it would be epic. They they have to do it. It would be yes. amazing. They have weekly poker games. Yep. <laughs> yes. I just imagined the picture of the dog smoking cigars playing poker, and I just imagined them all smoking cigars playing poker together like that. <laughs> there is an actual uh, painted thing like that. You can find it on the internet. Somebody did it. Uh, I don't, you know, they, they yeah. animated something and they have the villains playing poker, which I'm still mad that they never, and it's the same villains on the show, like the Queens of Darkness and uh, the Evil Queen. And I'm, I'm so mad that they never had them play poker. I know. It would have been perfect. Exactly. Somebody tweet Eddie right now. Yes. Yes. Oh my. Um, poker game in the future. Exactly. <laughs> So, okay, so they arrive to the Forest of Eternal Night. They um, they went on foot because of the darkness, and they used uh, this uh, magical lantern type of thing that uh, it, Arthur has, like, a, a chest that has this th these, like, magical, um, magical, what do you call it, like, magical items, I guess we'll call it that. Yeah, the yeah. reliquary. Yes, the yeah, exactly. They're using this eternal flame lantern type of thing and uh they arrive a bridge. So they they see that the legend is true, you know, they're going to be able to get the crimson crown, aka the glittery toadstool. And so David, being the hero that he is, he volunteers to uh cross this rickety bridge that looks like it's about to collapse at any moment and so you know he he does like this these you know one two step and then pause and then one two step and then pause and then he slips oh no and then he gets back up and one two step and pause and so then he grabs the toadstool he cuts it off and as he tries to return he's greeted by these phantom knights and uh you know apparently if you chop their hands off you know they'll put it back together and you have to like like gut them basically with your sword to make sure that they disappear and um you know he sort of is victorious against the knights until one of them lifts their hands up knocks him into the water and he starts getting dragged into water and oh no david's gonna die not really it's not a sweeps episode and so arthur pulls david to the surface and helps him get back to dry land however once there oh no they discover that the toadstool is no longer in david's bag no could it have been one of those nights could have just fallen into the water who knows? We'll never know. But Arthur basically said, good job, David, but let's go back. And so after returning empty-handed, <laughs> Arthur that offers... Trip? <laughs> exactly. Aw. But at least, you know, it's an eternal flame, so I mean, it's not like they wasted any wax or anything. 
So after returning empty-handed, Arthur offers David a seat at the Knights of the Round Table. Because we learn that the Knights are also princes and whatnot from other, you know, realms and whatnot. So it's not just um, Camelodians in there. It's like people from all over the place. And so... Um, pardon? They said that? Yes. They, does anybody... That. Am I the only one that, that heard that? No, they they did. They he said that they're all princes in their own realms, and exactly. it's not just kings uh, and stuff like that. Oh, oh and, bef yeah. and before I continue on that, there was a little bit of a bromance between Arthur and David because uh, Arthur obviously was a peasant, as we all know if we know anything about King Arthur, and David obviously was a shepherd. So yeah, they're, they're both dirt poor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, David was offered the seat at the round table, except it was just a regular seat. It was Lancelot's seat instead of Percival's. So, David is now the Siege Perilous. However, when uh, Baby Neil was acting up during uh, David's uh, nightship ceremony, Mary Margaret goes into the hall and then she sees a shadow and a cape and Mary Margaret's all like who's that and bam it's Lancelot and Lancelot comes with his own truth bombs so he drops a couple truth bombs he's basically says that he is alive that it is him and that there is a villain in Camelot and Mary Margaret decides to have verbal diarrhea and she's like oh yeah we know it's a villain it's my daughter and blah blah, blah. and he's like no the real villain is Arthur. You know, Camelot is not what it seems. And then Mary Margaret gives a little like, hmm, like, you know, what the hell's going on look over at Arthur, who's being all happy. And of course he is right, because later on that night, Guinevere joins Arthur at the round table, and bam, he takes out the toadstool, our glittery toadstool, aka the Crimson Crown, that was supposedly lost to add to the reliquary. And which holds, you know, as I mentioned, all the magic relics collected by the knights. While it brought him no pleasure to lie to someone he sees as a good and noble man, he must think of his kingdom first. Bam! So, what did we think of, uh, sort of like, you know, the, the last part of the quest, you know, with the knights and whatnot, Lancelot's return, David's knightship, and uh, sneaky, shady Arthur and Guinevere. So this is my former apology for not believing any of you when you said that Arthur was shady, and for me to try <laughs> to really believe that he could be good. I was wrong. Okay, we accept your apology. <laughs> but we will now have to banish you. Oh, no. No, no we won't. Am I the only one? I feel like he looks very different now. Like, compared to when we first saw him before, when he was the flashbacks for snowing. Like, he looks very different. Like, taller and more muscular. I feel like he looks more muscular and taller and stuff like that. Are we talking about Lancelot? Lancelot. Okay, because I thought yeah. we, cause we were on Arthur, so it's like... Oh, sorry. Okay, um... Yeah, is he I think taller? he looks really different. Uh, well, before it's, it was, he was Korad, right? <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Right. He was Korad's yeah. height, so now it all makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Okay. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. But he does definitely look different. Because I think even in the flashbacks where he was... Did he... He was the one who married Snow and Charming. Yes. But yeah. we have to yeah. remember, 
it was three years ago. Yeah. It has, it has exactly. been a very so long has, time since we've seen magic. Lance a lot. Yeah, so he has the hair was well. He's been on, you know, quests, so you know, that bulks you up a little bit. Gets or you more muscle. <laughs> yes, he's been drinking ye old protein shakes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any other but thoughts? Yes. Well, I'll talk <laughs> because I was my favorite scene of the entire episode was that scene with Lancelot and Snow because I've been dying to know what the hell is going on with Lancelot because I knew he was not dead. Remember, I think we've had many discussions, Katie, where we're like, Lancelot's not dead, you know, because we never saw mm -hmm. the body. Why are we trusting Cora? She's a lying sack of shit, so we don't have to believe anything she says. So I was very excited to see Lancelot and actually re rewound that scene and listened to the dialogue again because I was like, I want to hear you know if he says anything important and uh he basically confirmed everything that we believed about uh, arthur i loved his line about uh, camelot not being what it seems because i'm like wow you know what the hell does that mean because uh, to me that that has like <laughs> greater um greater ramifications more than you know just arthur being shady so i thought the scene was fantastically done why was he there that's also interesting as well um, it really does seem as if Arthur has no clue anything about uh, Lancelot, so, and he was shocked to hear that he died, so obviously Arthur has no clue that Lancelot's there, so that's opening doors to some really interesting uh, uh, twists and turns that they can add to the story, so I'm excited to see it, and I was surprised that David was created, or I should say not created, but uh, he was knighted and is a part of the round table. That was an interesting twist, and overall I just thought it was a fun adventure. Yeah, I agree. Anything where, um, you know, the dead uh, reanimate is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. It's very, and I thought that the CGI for the, um, those, whatever they were, the knights, the dead creature night things that came out of the water I thought that they did that really well um it was really I loved seeing him on an adventure and kind of you know um him with Arthur was really you know fun and he had like this little bromance thing going on and I'm sure you know Killian was somewhere in the background very you know distraught that he's moved on to a different bro you know um <laughs> Captain Aww. Charming is my favorite <laughs> But anyways. <laughs> and I think none of us were surprised that they still had the sea that not the siege, the um crimson crown, right? No. Oh yeah. 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 Is you know, he's he's a shady guy. Shady guy and Guinevere seemed really shady to me too as well. Um especially at the end expressions uh, in, in Gwyneth. Something in her expression tells me that she's shady as, as well. I know, which makes me <laughs> oh, feel yeah, bad exactly. for Lancelot. Because if Lancelot loves her, that means that she's probably using him. Probably, poor Lancelot. Gosh. But, yeah. Um, so that little quest thing was fun. Um, and then, yeah, Lancelot, I am so glad to see him back. Um, you know, he just kind of disappeared. And like you said, we've been talking about it for years three years to be exact you know what happened to him he's not dead no body no crime uh he's not dead um cora was just impersonating him and um 
uh, it's nice to see him back. And I just, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, what he's been doing and how he's been hiding from Arthur. And obviously, because Arthur doesn't know that he's alive or whatever, um, or he was shocked to hear that he was dead, or I don't even know. But um, I'm really excited to find out more about Lancelot, because that scene was a great tease um, into hopefully finding out exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I wonder, Us, is he still getting yeah. milky from Guinevere? Is that why he's sneaking in and out? Because <laughs> he's kind of sneaking in and out, but I'm bumped. I want to know why um, he and Guinevere had, what, like an affair? Or something yes. happened and I want to know what. Why was Arthur yeah, still cool. with her? Like, it's it had to have been consensual, otherwise Lancelot's crime would have been a lot worse. Like, well, make no, correct. That still and there's enough of, of the non-consensual stuff going on this show that never gets addressed. Yeah. But no, they they yeah. it's a love affair. They fell in love. Uh, I don't know why uh, Arthur didn't dump Guinevere. Maybe they're both power-hungry bitches, and we need to stay together to rule this shit. But uh, I think seems that, like yeah. I think in the legends, well, Lancelot. Or maybe, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, no I was right, saying maybe, maybe Lancelot was just in love with Guinevere and that was the whole thing, that he was just in love with her but never did something or maybe kissed her once and Arthur saw and then all hell broke. Maybe that was some simple thing that, you know, just made it clear to Arthur that his friend uh, was in love with his wife and for that reason he decided to banish him from the the round table. Maybe, I don't know. Just guessing here. Because, yeah, like you guys said, if, if Arthur is still with Guinevere, then there must be a reason behind it. So yeah. maybe it was not that a big deal, you know? Yeah, because yeah. if in the original he just left and this one he's banished... That no, seems... he was banished, oh, okay. now that I remember it. Um, I can't remember if, because he was banished, you know, he just left and Gwen decided to stay with Arthur. Um, you know, because it's probably a better life with a king. <laughs> than being um, banished. <laughs> right? But I can't, I can't remember exactly, which is sad, because that's one of the biggest, you know, things dealing with um, Arthurian legend, so... Yeah, I guess we'll find out what Once does with it. Yeah, let's see, because I'm very... Surprisingly enough, this year they've ma- they've managed to make me, at least, very interested in these new characters. Unlike um, last year when there was this frozen overload, and I was like, alright, I get it. I get it, but <laughs> can we focus on the other people as well? <laughs> but yeah, this year I really want to know what happened with between Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot, and I really, really like what they're doing with it. And I love, like Papi Chulo said, I love that last scene with Lancelot. It was very teasing, and it was a very good build-up to what comes next this this coming Sunday. Can't wait to like all of you. Can't wait. So let's dive into Storybrooke present day and we're in the mines the dwarves are whistling hi ho and bam emma appears the dark swan and uh, she basically says you never leave stuff alone that has your name on it and she steals happy's pickaxe and uh, 
the reason why she stole the pickaxe is because she's trying to use the dwarf's pickaxe. Because remember, the dwarf's pickaxe is supposed to be the strongest uh, ever and yada yada yada. She tries to uh, break the stone that Excalibur's in, but obviously it doesn't work. And uh, Rumple's manifestation appears and lets her know that she needs a true hero. So the dwarves are furious. You know, they take their complaints over to Mama and Papa Charming. And uh, Papa Charming is interrupted by King Arthur, who tells David that um, basically their reliquary, you know, where all these magical items are, it's been busted into. And uh, they need a magic bean that's in there. And the magic bean is going to get them to Camelot. And he has to think of his rest, you know, his citizens and all this stuff. And uh, so they begin to search camp and um, David decides uh, well they, they well they begin they they go over to um, to uh, Rumples and uh, you know you know nothing no one has brought anything into pawn and this that or the other uh, Belle is busy trying to make a potion but she needs something from Rumples that uh, he had touched when he was uh, before he was the dark one, you know, to try to get this potion to wake him up. And so David has an idea there. And so he uses this, this, you know, Stein of sort from Doctoberfest, from Doc's birthday, one of the dwarves, of course, to take to the Arthurian uh, Camelodians, whatever we're going to call them, the Camelot residents. And basically he lies to them and says, this is a chalice of vengeance. You know, people are going to take a sip out of it and it's going to tell us who the thief is. And all of a sudden we find out by, you know, someone who's running away that it's Arthur Squire Griff who immediately takes off on horseback and uh, David and Arthur start chasing him in the pickup truck and all of a sudden Arthur's driving which makes no damn sense and uh, basically David <laughs> what do they call it it was basically like a jousting type of thing jousting. where the pickup truck was a horse and David you know used a, a piece of wood to like knock Griff over and it was epic and fantastic and i still have no idea how arthur was driving but griff later wakes up at the sheriff's <laughs> jail and uh admits that you know he was tired of how he was treated and, and this that or the other and he wanted to hurt the king and you know they find no magic bean among the stolen items and so later on you know, we learn that uh, basically, you know, what we had, um, what, what all that was going on wasn't really what was really going on. King Arthur proves to be shady, even in present day Storybrooke. And so he knows that Emma's the dark one all along. And, you know, he's like, all these people lied to us and there was no magic bean. And so he basically is telling Griff all of his sinister plans to turn Storybrooke into the new Camelot. And uh, Griff reveals, you know, that it's revealed that Griff was like one of the minions of, of Arthur and did everything that Arthur wanted to. And unfortunately, because Griff knows too much and these uh, Storybrooke people have magic, he has to, he's forced basically to take an Agrabon Viper Venom poisonous drink thing and Griff does just that and disappears so let's focus on this section of the episode with Arthur and David and the search for the non-existent magical bean 
what did you guys think of this? Was this interesting? Did it just, you know, cement like a thousand percent? Okay, Arthur is the shadiest, sneakiest, sketchiest person that uh, we've met in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it set up that Arthur is shady and, you know, he's out. It set up what he's out to do in Storybrooke, which is interesting. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when he was telling Griff about um, uh, he wants to build a new Camelot. It kind of brought back memories to when Pan wanted to build a new, you know, the new Neverland, and look at how it turned out for him. <laughs> he just needs to, you know, ask somebody. You know, that didn't really work out for Peter Pan, so I'm not really sure how it's going to work out for you, buddy. Um, Ooh. I you got busted by Katie. <laughs> oh. oh no. Katie just dropped the mic, y'all. I did. I did. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really interesting and you know, um the jousting was so funny. I laughed so much. It was great. I still, you know, I'll look past the stupidity of charming giving the wheel to arthur who you know arrived in our world like the yesterday and doesn't understand how to drive a car my favorite Um, was his explanation you know you uh, you know accelerate with the feet and you steer with your hands and i was like oh that's not enough for anybody (laughs) no (laughs) have fun driving (laughs) and they're like don't kill me chase the speeding chase to get this guy and yes, somehow, I loved how the mud know, hit the camera and everything. It was like we were there. Right? It was great. It mm-hmm. was amazing. <laughs> but hey, it was really fun. Um, you know, it kind of showed the the things that they can play with on this show where, you know, you've got the modern uh, twist to it where you've got jousting, but you add a truck in there to jousting. Redneck jousting. <laughs> Exactly. So, I don't know. It just brings back the, you know, the fun things that they can do on this show that, you know, you wouldn't expect to see anywhere else. So, um, it was it was very enjoyable. I liked it. I liked it, too. Uh, and I really laughed because I, it, rem- it reminded me of the time when David tried to teach Henry how to drive. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that. Don't. I mean, in- Last time they destroyed the city. This time, I uh, thank God they were doing it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving surprisingly well. Yeah, it's like, well? what? man, he's a natural, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, dear David, you're a good sheriff, but you cannot give any more driving lessons. <laughs> <laughs> no more. It, it seems like all of his students still now, they have a natural talent for driving because Henry learned in like, he's, how old is Henry now? He's 13, 14, and he's driving already, and Arthur learned in a minute, <laughs> and <laughs> he did quite right. well yesterday, really impressed. Uh, but yeah, he that was a very interesting his teaching skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh my god, did you guys notice... Now that we were talking about the shady Arthur, did you notice how, um, what was his name? Griff, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you notice that after he drank that, that uh, poison, he disappeared in a green smoke? Yes, he puffed. Mm-hmm. He disappeared in a green smoke. Now, who else does that in the jail cell? 
Hmm. Well, here's my thing, and this is something that they would not have knowledge of because they're new to our realm, but they have cameras there. Remember, That's we've seen footage. It's not just the cameras that I'm wondering about. It's, it's that, how, how is it possible that the guy didn't drop dead, but instead he disappeared in a green smoke? No, he I did smell- drop dead, and then he disappeared in a puff of green smoke. Yeah, but this smells Zelina to me. This smells of Zelina. Well, Too much. It, the, the potion was green, and it's from Agrabah. And we've seen <laughs> the Agrabah venom before. Yeah, but did Leopold uh, disappear in the green smoke after he drank it? He didn't drink it. He was bitten by an Agrabah something else, which I don't know yeah. if it's the same venom. <laughs> Anyway, it was too too green for me to not feel. <laughs> yeah, too much. I feel green. like it was too. It was a very dire thing to have him commit suicide for the kingdom. But there's again, my thought was, um, why not just a forgetting potion? And then I realized, well, we've had enough of those, so I guess this is their way of making up for it. Just give everyone Aragon potions the next time we need to make a cast a curse. Yes. Now they don't need the curse to move between realms, they just have magic beings. And remember, those were extinct some, some years ago, and now, oh, we want to go to the Enchanted Forest? They use, let's use a bean. Oh, let's drop Granny's Dynam there. Oh, let's cause a, a tornado, whatever. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Love yeah. That. That's too funny. Although, I think, and this is just my theory, that they used the bean to get back to Storybrooke. That's why the bean no longer exists. That's how everybody returned. Maybe? I don't know. I still think that Emma did cast a curse. Or maybe somebody did cast a curse. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll she had to the- use the bean. I know a spoiler, if you want me to say it or not, about what you just said. Ooh. I know what you have I like to say. It. I know it. You know. might Katie, even know it. Katie, would but... you like for her to announce it now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go ahead. Okay, spoiler alert, if you want to turn off your headphones, you can for a minute. Um, I heard that she had to, that somebody's heart was used to make the curse. So Emma crushed somebody's heart. That Eddie released that, I know he did. Or yes, he somebody did. did. So, no, I actually, thought, I actually thought that... Well, obviously it wasn't someone she loved. No, I, I think she said that Emma would crush somebody's heart, but they didn't specifically say that she would do it uh, to cast the curse, right? It was baby Neil. <laughs> They've been holding in a robot. <laughs> yes. They split the Charming's hearts into fourths. Oh, one that would be interesting. Kill. Yeah. There you go. But then they'd have to address it then. Something about she did have to. <laughs> oh, Katie, that was shady, but good. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I like interrupted you guys. <laughs> no, Don't worry, but I have no idea what you said. So <laughs> <laughs> I said then they'd have to address the whole heart issue with Snow and Charming if they did split it up into fours because I've kind of you know ignored that they each have half a heart <laughs> so far. Aw, poor Charming and really their half heart. 
Yep. But yes, but continuing on on our story in Storybrooke. See what I did there? Over at Granny's... <laughs> Thank you. Over at Granny's, Hook and Robin take a look at uh, a photo of inside Zelina. It's her sonogram when Granny hands Hook a meal, and uh, it's from Emma, and basically says, meet me on board, the Jolly Roger, Captain. And so they have a lunch date together. However, Hook is not impressed, and uh, he's like, you know, you're not the real Emma. You're not the one that I know and loved. I loved her walls. Although that could be taken in many different ways um <laughs> did anyone else think that when he said that no and then he was like i love breaking them down <laughs> i i personally don't think that they've Just done not- it yet i think that no, she tried to get him to do it when she brought him into the house the last time and he said no i don't think they've actually you know gotten that far well he loved breaking down her walls so we'll take that I to mean have a dirt fine <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you know, Emma even transforms herself into pretty Emma, you know, uh, girl next door Emma, as opposed to uh, uh, emo Emma. And uh, basically, you know, he, he tries to ask her questions. She's evasive with her answers and all this stuff. And then, um, you know, she's like, but I have a question for you. And I would be like, um, you haven't even answered my question. So why the hell would you have a question? And then she's like, do you still love me? And basically he says that uh, he loved her. And... Uh, oh, my heart. I know. Oh, calm down. They're going to get together once she stops being the dark swan. I know, but they have to make it that far. Exactly. I know. But he's, okay. you know, he's, I, I've, he's going to pull through and then stick with it and try to help her out so i didn't see this as a breakup but we can discuss that in a moment and so basically once he says this you know he he obviously knows that that is not going to make her happy so he's like you know am i gonna have to steer the ship back or am i just gonna poof into the water and have to swim back and so she's like the ship is yours and she disappears but something that was interesting that I don't think any of us noticed initially was that she left the ship with a souvenir. Because uh, Hook, at some point in their conversation, you know, uh, you you know, picked up a sword. They were talking about Rumple and they all this all this stuff of like Bell and Rumple and you know, Bell still loved Rumple and even though he was the dark one and but he's like you know, but she didn't know him before and this that or the other and he made reference to a sword that he had put on uh, Rumple's neck you know, when he was a coward and all this stuff, and he had done this on that ship. So anyway, back at the diner, put a little bookmark on that, because we're going to we're gonna use that again in a moment. Back at the diner, basically, Hook asked Robin for his help. You know, I need a thief. Uh, there's this magical door. We I don't know what's behind it. Emma, you know, doesn't let me know what's behind it. We need to find out what's behind that door. And as Granny hands Belle a, a, a nice sandwich... Bell, to her surprise, notices that the rose petals begin to be restored. It's a sign that Mr. Gold is uh, about to wake up. And when she returns to the pawn shop, he's not there. And, uh, you know, the rose keeps shining even brighter and brighter. And all of a sudden, we find out that the Dark Swan has taken Comatose, Mr. Gold, and Hook's sword. And since, they, you know, that was the last item uh, that Gold had touched when he was still alive and before he was the Dark One, Emma you know, uh, 
ashifies the thing and turns it into dust and the dust gets sprinkled over gold and gold wakes up and uh, basically gold is shocked and he's like you know but I am not the dark one anymore or something like that and uh, she's like well duh it's me and uh, she says that uh, I'm gonna make you a hero you know you are not a villain you're not good right now you're a blank slate so you're gonna be the purest hero that's ever lived and uh, she looks over to the Excalibur and says and I have a job for you Dun, dun, dun. Boom, 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 boom. Wow, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> so, what did we think of our little Captain Swan lunch date that went horribly wrong? All that food was there. I would have eaten it before I would have said anything bad to her. And then, what did you think of uh, Mr. Gold being the hero that I guess he was always maybe meant to be? Maybe, maybe not. All right, I'll go first then. Uh, <laughs> in regard to the Captain Swan oh, date, let's say. Well, let's, let's call, call them the... Captain Dark Swan from now on. Dark Swan, yes, yeah, I approve. All right. Um, I'm very proud of Hook. I'm very proud of Hook because he actually reminds me of the Hook I fell in love with back in season two, only in different ways. That was a bit weird for me to say, but oh I. Because I was a bit turned off by how he was coming out this past season, and I missed his dynamic, and I missed his his powerful side, and I thought that this scene between him and Emma was very interesting, because he showed me how much he, he's grown, he showed me that he truly cares about Emma, and that he can see beyond... He, her manipulation at this point because Dark Emma wanted to I, I'm guessing she was aiming to manipulate it, to manipulate him into into trusting her completely mm. and I was going to ask of him to do and I, I like the fact that he resisted the temptation for the second time in two episodes I think yeah last time he also said no to her and, and no means no. Consent yeah. is everything. And uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not very particularly fond of Captain Swan for my own reasons, but <gasps> I thought that it was beautiful. Yeah. I thought that this scene was very, very well made. I love the performances by both actors, and and I think that there was something deep in that scene, so I liked it. There's a lot of walls breaking. Uh, <laughs> now yeah, you have me thinking not... about the dirty part. Okay, yeah. good. I can't Thanks think about that normally anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault. You're welcome. <laughs> now, in regards to Rumpel becoming a hero, oh dear lord. I think, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm having strong flashbacks from the heroes and villains version of the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that there's a good chance we're actually walking towards into that alternate universe step by step. I mean, uh, Rumpel is going to turn into the ultimate hero, 
Regina is already. Oh god, I hope he doesn't have that horrible accent. What is this? I am a hero. I think you should just do the ADR sessions and take over his voice. Of course, Katie. Now you have to talk like that until we end this episode. Okay, yeah. Ashley. My name is Rumble, the hero. Oh, I can't breathe. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. So <laughs> Very much. No, I'm sorry, Pimenta. Before he rudely interrupted you, were you done? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Keep going, guys. Go. I think I killed Pimenta. <laughs> I will survive. Oh, my. <laughs> um, anyways, if, if you don't mind, Ashley, I'll just go real quick. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I agree a lot with Pimenta on the um, Captain Dark Swan scene. I thought it was... Jennifer did a really great job, you know, she's got the two extremes. She went from the dark one to transforming herself into um, a fond memory that Hook had with her. And she even changed the inflection in her voice and made herself sound sweet and innocent. And um, that was just great. It was like, she, you know, she went right from this having this edge to her voice to being to trying to sound very, very innocent. And that was great. Um, but I just... It was a great scene. It was probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. Um, they just—it was great dialogue, and it really showcased the development that Hook has gone through in his character from when we first met him. He admits that, and uh, he admits that he was the villain, and that's a big step in a, a villain transforming into a hero or an anti-hero. Is that they're a middle that they were in the wrong and they were the villain in that um, part of the story. And I thought that was great and he admitted that and, you know, he loves Emma and he loved her. But he won't stand up for manipulative behavior because it's not healthy and um, he's not going to be supportive of that, which I think was fantastic. So I just, I really love that scene. It was great. And I applaud both of the actors for doing such a great job with it. I completely agree with the both of you that I'm this change in hook, this development of his character was so perfect for this scene, especially with bringing him back and him saying that the only good thing that came from that encounter between me and, Rumpelstiltskin was my change of character. That what Aww. happened to Rumpel and what happened to what's happening to you is not good. And with her comparing herself to Rumpel and the relationship that he had with hating the Dark One and now loving the Dark One, she's like setting, she kind of set herself up there by saying that she was like Rumpelstiltskin by becoming stronger, so to speak. That she set up for Hook to say no to her. That Hook doesn't want to be in love with Rumpelstiltskin. And, um... Well, that's a weird visual. <laughs> Hook Stiltskin. New, new pairing. Oh, Lord. Aw, <laughs> a woman after my own heart. <laughs> you know I only try. 
But I like the, uh, the fact that Hook actually told them that, you know, Rumpelstiltskin was not a coward, he was a good man, and I was a villain. And I I, I really like that that he they acknowledged that, that Hook was actually attacking an, an honest man who was trying to keep his family together back in the past. It was a... Uh, yeah, like you guys said, it was a very big scene for so many reasons, and that was one of them as well. Yeah, his self-actualization now is... I haven't seen that in many of the characters that when they're reflecting back on their evil selves mm -hmm. that have said that outright, that I was the villain and he was a good man and I made him do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And I... Yeah. I enjoyed it as well. I, I'm not as sad as many of the Captain Swan people because obviously... You know, in my opinion, it wasn't a breakup. A lot of the the yeah. websites and the it recappers were like, Captain Swan breaks up. And I'm like, not yeah. really. Uh, he just said that he loved uh, her old self, that he doesn't, you know, necessarily love uh, the Dark Swan. But, you know, he's said time and time and again that he's going to fight for her. And obviously, if he's trying to find out what's behind that door, it's because he cares for her and he's trying to help her. You know, and is trying to defeat the darkness in her. So I didn't take it as a breakup. Uh, you know, no one said we're over. So until they say we're over, then we can consider that a breakup. So calm down, Captain Swan, <laughs> Captain Dark Swan. I think they're getting it from him saying that, from her saying that. If you tell me that you don't love me, then I will let you go. But he didn't say that he didn't love her. Correct. He said that he loved her old self, the self that she still can be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, no matter what comes in between these two, they will never break up. But for, for more other, if no other reason than because ABC and the writers won't let it, it's a baby. This couple, exactly. They will never yep. And Rumple as the hero, I'm excited to see that. I mean, we've been needing a redemption arc for Rumple for a long time. I mean, we had it with Regina, and it took her some time, so I hope and that so it takes Rumple some time as well. I know he's kind of a clean slate right now, so it's a little bit of cheating in a sense. You know, it's like a quick redemption, because now he's all good and pure and stuff, but I hope it, you know, it, it takes him a little bit of time to redeem himself. I am a little bit worried that they're that they might sort of slightly ruin Emma a little bit for Rumpel's redemption, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, she's the villain now, so they're kind of yeah. ruining a lot of her character progression, and they're they're like freezing her in time in a sense, her character progression because now she's regressing. But uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair for Emma to be used as a redemptive tool for Rumpel. But unfortunately, that's the path they're going, so we kind of have to go on the journey. But uh, I, I think it'll be an interesting journey nonetheless. And I really hope Emma doesn't do something horrendously horrible that, uh, you know, there are going to be all these dire ramifications. Because she is, like, the, the hero of uh, this show, and it's going to suck if uh, she does something where we're going to be like, Wow, Emma, you went too far. Do you see a parallel between what she's going to do with Rumpel and trying to make him into a hero to what um, Snow and Charming did to Emma when before she was born? Wow, I didn't think about that. 
That's interesting. Very good catch. Mm-hmm. So they're going to put uh, Rumple's darkness in an egg? In Zelina's baby! Yeah. What? Emily DeRaven's no. baby. Oh, no. God. Baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Hmm. Maybe she'll just have to go extra dark so that he stays extra light. Maybe. That was... That, that. Maybe. We'll have to see. Yes. Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. As always, for all of these spoilers and more, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybookweeklymirror. You can also visit my site at storybookmirror.com. Um, as always, we're posting the latest information and such like that. So this week we kind of had a lot of st- spoilers come out Um For those who were not aware, New York Comic Con um, was this past weekend, and Once Upon a Time had their panel, which included Adam Horwitz, Eddie Kitsis, and Jennifer Morrison. That took place on Friday, and I was able to keep up with all of that. I actually had somebody um, through a friend who was able to kind of text me updates, which was really cool. So um, Katie has minions all over the place. She has her own griff. Yep, I do, basically. So, that was really cool, and thank you to her for all of that. Um, So, let's first of all get out of the way, I guess you could say. They had a title spoiler come out for the 10th episode, which is titled Broken Heart, and is written by Dana Horgan and Zi Chun. Chun. Um, That is the 10th episode again. Um, so for casting news, we do, we did have something come out during NYCC. Um, basically they revealed that the show was looking to cast for sure Hook's father. They mentioned a young Hook, but there was, I think nobody's sure if they're going to you No, because Hook's father left when he was little. So they will have to cast a young Hook. That's right. Okay, so they will be casting a young Hook and his father. Yay, baby um, two hands. Because <laughs> he can't be baby Hook, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. A young Killian, there you go. <laughs> but kind of going off of that, they revealed that um, an evil queen and a Captain Hook adventure is coming up. Apparently this is their alter ego, so it's not them now, it's them as Captain Hook and as... Um, evil queen. Yay, um, evil queen is They back. said, yeah. So they said, which is this is very interesting, and a lot of people are kind of confused by this. But they said it will be in an episode prior to the mid-season finale that will contain flashbacks to Killian's childhood days. So they haven't. They're already filming for the tenth episode, so they really only have one more episode to like cast somebody, and it just it kind of doesn't makes sense or it's already been cast and we like, just don't know be. it that could be usually they release the casting information but it could be that they're keeping it a secret too or waiting to reveal it for a while so i guess we'll find out for sure um 
obviously when the episode airs. But so that's kind of exciting. Um, I know a lot of people have been wanting to see Hook's backstory when he was a kid for a long time now because they've kind of hinted at it a few times. Um, I wonder if he was breaking so, walls back then. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> so, anyways, um, sorry. <laughs> God damn it, Papi Chulo. Yeah, for heaven's sake. We love you too, Ash. Stop. <laughs> uh, great. Um. Anyways, okay. So, um, someone or they asked if Merlin is the bad guy, because we've kind of been getting these conflicting reports, like, or just, he's so mysterious, like, is he bad or is he good? Um, but Adam and Eddie has said that he is a force for good, but then Jennifer piped in and said that he's being purpose that Adam was being purposely vague for a reason. Um, she also Hush, said Jennifer. that she... Yep, yep. so... Um, Jennifer also said that um, she cannot answer if Emma will remember Merlin from when she was little, which I'm sure means that she will, um, which will be interesting <laughs> to see. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Whenever they say I can't answer that, we're all like, yep, okay, so that's coming true. And <laughs> let's be honest. Um, so um, someone asked um, what Robin Hood is going to be up to in these next few episodes and they kind of hinted at it in this last episode um with a talk that hook and robin had but they did say that um robin will be up to some stuff in these next few episodes um specifically thievery which you know he's the best at um kind of along those lines hook and robin and regina will be teaming up um, for a common purpose. Um, I think Belle will also be joining them in this. Um, but that's kind of speculation. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. We'll get to see more of um, Robin, which is great. Um, he's kind of sometimes can be in the background a little bit. And he's such a great character. And I love seeing his, you know, thievery skills and all of this. So completely nice agree. To see. Yeah, so that's exciting. We have that to look forward to, for sure. Um, also, the creators did confirm that Morgana Le Fay will not be appearing in this um, Once Upon a Time version of Camelot, which is very interesting because she plays a very big role in Camelot. Um, however, they did say that we will be meeting the very first Dark One, which I think a lot of people have kind of been wondering about for a long time now, since the show started, I think, or since we first found out about the Dark One. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see for sure. It's Katie. Yep, how did you know? I Dang read it. the casting notes. Dang it! Would you stop doing that? <laughs> You're giving everything away here. I apologize. Um, anyways... <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. Does anybody have any speculation on if it's, like, Merlin or anybody else Ooh, that we've seen or heard about? Katie. Dropping I theories. don't know. I kind of... I feel like even if he was in the first Dark One, he definitely had something to do with it. Well, I think we had For heard sure. that... I believe The Apprentice said that Merlin created the Dark One. No? 
Oh, that he tagged the darkness oh. onto a human being. Oh, okay. So under the dagger that could be controlled by a human being. Okay. Well, oh, maybe it's still right. maybe he could have extracted it from himself technically. I mean, that would that could still fall Wait. into that that would be or kind maybe, of interesting. Or maybe Merlin is responsible for uh, uh, the division be between the the Excalibur and uh, the dagger. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree too, yeah. that he is behind that, yes. Yeah, I definitely think so. So that'll be interesting to see. Do you think that um, the first dark one is the one that entrapped him in the tree? Ooh. That could be. No, because totally he still, well, unless he time travels, he would still be able to see Emma. And you know what I'm saying? As a child? Oops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. But he could time travel. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the apprentice had the magical door and sent uh, the the um, Snow Queen to 1980s uh, New York or whatever. Yeah. In her fancy white dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to know how he got in that tree, for heaven's sake. <sighs> I guess we'll be finding out soon enough. Um. So anyways, that was kind of the whole thing surrounding that, um, the first dark one, which is interesting. Um, next, apparently, Henry's relationship, I'm guessing they mean with Violet, um, will break our hearts. So I'm guessing that, you know, the Camelot people leave or something, no, or she betrays him. Get ready, everybody. I think my theory okay. is, and it's not really a real theory, but because of the wording what if emma rips her heart out and breaks it that could be but i feel like if she's trying to get henry's trust that would be the very wrong way to do it i can but agree with she, that but maybe she didn't come a lot though oh no 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 she's no i think oh god forget about it i thought that violet was not going to be seen in storybook but i think she's in storybook right? yes we've seen her yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but it'd so, be interesting if the dark one does kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Broken possible. Heart. Broken Heart is Henry's episode, right? That tenth episode no. they said. No, they said that Henry's episode was going to be the fifth one. The the yes. dream cuts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that she something does happen with her heart. I just don't know. It could well something happens with someone's heart for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, apparently his relationship will break our hearts. So get ready for that, everybody. You know, as if the relationships, the relationships on the show don't break our hearts enough already. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so pure. That relationship's know, so, so pure and adorable, and they have to rip that away from us. I know. I'm like. For heaven's sake, do you really got to do that? <laughs> They're mean. Yeah, they are. They really are. Um, okay, so some of the bigger information that came out during the panel was that the episode that airs on November 15, which everyone is assuming is the 8th episode. It has it could to be. be the 9th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to there be. There are no breaks. If they would skip a week, it would be the 7th. But they're not going to... There's no more breaks until Thanksgiving. So... Um, and this is before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, so it has to be the eighth episode, which is birth. Um, but anyways, 
Um, it will be an out two hours long, and it will include a Merida, Mulan, and Ruby adventure. So I'm assuming this is when we first see Mulan and Ruby again after their random disappearances in the past. Um, and they'll be going on an adventure with Merida. So that'll be exciting. I'm definitely excited for it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Want I really to, want to see where Ruby's been. Do you want me to say what yeah. I need to say now, Katie, or wait until later? Yes. Well, actually, no, because I'm going to be talking about that coming up. Okay. okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm not. So. I know. <laughs> so kind of, you know, bouncing off of not, uh, you know, not wanting to talk about this. Um, uh, you know, what? I'm actually just going to do that one last. I'll do that last. That sounds better. Okay, so um, with the news that Emily DeRobin is pregnant, they mm-hmm. people have obviously asked if it's going to be written into the show. They've kind of been vague about it, and they're not revealing inf- any information, but they did say that that question will be answered in the second half of this season. So it's because they don't it's know. 50/50. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Are they going to hide her behind, you know, Gold's... Sh- shop desk all the time or you know books or whatever or are they gonna actually write it in so um they can have her in a bed like i said gold broke my walls oh my gosh (laughs) mute yourself just ignore him just ignore him you know you thought that was funny ash i'm not admitting anything okay okay it was funny Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, also, a big thing that came up was someone asked what the second half of the season is going to be described as. And Adam and Eddie said it will be described as hell, which a lot of people are um, assuming is going to deal with the yes! underworld. We talked about it last a- week. Yeah. We, like, they've predicted had a- shit. had a lot of... Yeah, they've had a lot of um, references to it. So, I'm really excited. I hope that's the route they go. 80s, Hercules, Pain and Panic, the Grim Reaper. If they could somehow mix in uh, Dr. Facilier so that at some point we can have a Princess and the Frog arc, that would be fantastic because Dr. Facilier could talk with uh, the dead and the shadows and friends on the other side. That would be amazing. Yes, it would. I did tell you guys that Hercules may be for the next arc. Oh my god. Who? Do you remember? I told you that maybe Hercules next 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 half season. Oh. I love yeah, it. I love how Ash is whispering. I know it's great. Because no one else can hear Super you. Exci- <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I really do seriously hope that's the route they go, because that would be super exciting. And more Big Boob Fury. <sighs> that's true. Yeah. That would make you happy. Exactly. <laughs> now we just need to give her the little toadstool as a, as a, as a pin. The dabble oh, toadstool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, before I get into, like, the last little thing that's going to launch a huge conversation here. Yes. Um, <laughs> they did say that for the fifth episode, which is we just discussed, is Henry's episode. Um, 
it's they revealed that Emma will be trying to gain Henry's trust in that episode, which we did see a lot of scenes being filmed between Emma and Henry. So that will be interesting to see kind of what happens there. Um, so I guess we'll find out. But getting into the question that's going to launch everything, here we go. Um, they confirmed that the 100th episode will be the spring premiere on March 6th, and it will kick off a different arc to the second half of the season. So, a lot, a lot of confusion has been surrounding <laughs> stupid, stupid number of the episodes. Uh, we're assuming that the 12th episode is definitely the 100th episode or in the spring premiere. The 11th episode. Um, what? It can't be the 12th if they're only doing 10 in the fall, right? Isn't that what they had said? They, or they changed they that. Have retracted that. I think they've retracted that. Because he said that there would be two more episodes after. I thought, I thought the 11th was going to be the season, the half season um, end. That's what yeah, they usually right. do, but before the season started, they said it was only going to be 10 episodes because they wanted the 100th episode to be in the spring. Maybe yeah. that's why they're combining the two-hour premiere to make it actually ten episodes and have two hours count as the one episode. Well, we don't know if it's a yeah. two-hour premiere. A, a lot of well, a lot of people are because okay. Here's what he said. He said that there would be two more episodes after the two-hour special on November 15 before the mid-season finale. So that would be nine and ten are the two episodes, and eleven is the mid-season finale. Hmm. So it's it's so confusing. I wish they would just come out with like a you know non-confusing here's what it is answer. Um but they've kind of switched tracks a little bit. Like you said before they did say that there would only be 10 episodes to this first half, but now they're saying that they're going to be 11 like usual. Because I think Unless if they make the two-hour episode, quote-unquote, on November 15, actually be two episodes, Birth and The Bear King, which are episodes eight and nine. Unless if they just air those on the same night. But I don't no. think that's what they're doing. But it's, yeah, and it's weird because the last time they did that, the Smash the Mirror was part one and part two. That's what we're going to talk um, about. Are we ready to talk about it, Katie? No, because I'm going to be alone in this. <laughs> I can already. I don't. I don't have an opinion on it yet. So. Okay. Well, let me give my opinion because okay. I have a big one, okay. and I had an opinion just, just last year, and it's the same one. <laughs> but because we have new people, so I, I'm, I will be talking about it. So let me preface this by saying to the listeners, let me give you Katie's opinion, and I believe she'll let me. No, 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 no. She'll let no. me talk for her. <laughs> Because Katie's opinion is Katie's opinion is is that she doesn't care. She doesn't care about any of this. I'm the only one that cares, but I'm very passionate about it. Because here's the thing. They started this last year with Smash the Mirror. Smash the Mirror, per them, and I totally understand how you number things versus production and, and, and official episode numbers. I get that. Smash the Mirror 
ended up being a two-hour episode. And by the time, in this is what I think happened, by the time that they had decided that it was a two-hour episode, they had already written other scripts. So they didn't go back and separate it into a part one and part two type of thing. Because Smash the Mirror, here's the thing, there is no such thing as a two-hour episode of a one-hour show. That does not exist. It, if it's a one-hour show, magic. if it's it two hours, magic. that means that those are two episodes. Smash the Mirror had two title cards. Smash the Mirror had two title cards, which means that they understand that it was two episodes. If it was just one episode, it would only have had one title card. So, Smash the Mirror ended up being part one and part two. What I think is that much like a lot of last season there were there was a lot on the cutting room floor that we ended up seeing afterwards and by the time they were filming the episode they realized that they couldn't cut anything out of it and they had enough stuff for a two-hour installment but because they had come out with the fall and all these other episode titles afterwards they were like fuck it you know we're not gonna renumber all these episodes you know we're just counting smash the mirror as the you know its production number which is 408 when in reality it should have been 408 and 409 much like what they did with operation mongoose because those were split into two episodes even though it did air over two hours so there was this big uh, article from ABC in the fall last year. They were giving extra episodes to many of their shows. Castle got an extra episode. A couple of the comedies got extra episodes. And unfortunately, you know, they just never updated it. So there are a lot of people that are kind of like Katie that will say, okay, there were 22 wow. episodes in season four. There have been 22 episodes for every season and whatnot. When, if you look at, I mean, there's no way that IMDB, there's no way that any of the streaming sites, there's no way that, you know, Wikipedia and everything is wrong in saying that in yeah, season four, there were 23 episodes when in reality, there were Smash the Mirror, Smash the Mirror Part 1 and Part 2. And Adam and Eddie could, or at least Adam, who's on Twitter, could have easily had have fixed everything if at some point he just would have said, you know what, we screwed up. You know, this is what happened. Unfortunately, this is that or the other. But because of that, and now, because they're counting birth as just one episode even though it's a two-hour thing even though that's gonna end up becoming the same as smash the mirror is going to be birth part one and birth part two and you're going to see it's going to have two different title cards it'll have one title card at the start of the first hour and another title card at the start of the second hour you know they're just screwing things up majorly and, and it's funny on tumblr somebody this is like the most sense that they they had to make out of this. They went, this is once upon a time. Math is not their forte. We are getting something special in between episodes 98 and 102. That's my take on this. And that, I mean, that is the truth. But it's, it's unfortunate that the actual 100th episode isn't really going to be the 100th episode. But it is nice that we're going to get something special. It's just so annoying that that you know they just can't get the numbers right and i know adam was like it's all semantics and all this stuff but you know there are people out there that actually like to follow episode numbers and this that or the other so it makes it kind of frustrating like i'm a dvd collector so you know i'm very kind of anal when it comes to like episode numbers and whatnot but 
you know, it's just, it makes it confusing and poor Katie and all of the bloggers out there that have to actually answer the questions to people because every time something like this happens, it happened last year, right Katie? And it's continuing to happen this year. You know, it just makes things so confusing and especially when Adam keeps on giving contradictory answers to people when they tweet him. So it makes it even more confusing and it gets people even more frustrated and it's just, it's kind of crazy. So that's my whole take on it. I would just find it kind of annoying and uh, Katie doesn't care. So Ashley, do you care? Do you find it annoying or is it kind of like whatever? Um, Me? Maybe it's from how long I've been with the series. Um, I originally started watching it on Netflix so episode numbers never really mattered to me because they were always because season three was already out. It was already on Netflix. Season four was starting soon um, when I started watching it. So I haven't been there from the beginning, and I wasn't there. I was not watching it live because I didn't have cable throughout the year that Once Upon a Time was on season four and premiering that on ABC. So Smash the Mirror never really made a difference to me. I was just watching it online as when I watched it, I watched it somewhere where it was counted all as one episode in two hours. I don't have a big opinion about episode numbers. I have a, I, I feel like if we get the same amount of hours as we do with all the other seasons, it's not going to make a difference to me because it's the same amount of time, and I think it's going to be an extra hour. um, Adam or Eddie were hinting at an extra hour this season of a gift to all the people who have been here since the beginning. Is that coming out right? Yeah, and I completely agree with with that, because I... Listen, I'm not complaining about getting extra hours. I wish the show was two hours every week. That would be fantastic. But it's just, it's, I just find it annoying when they keep on contradicting themselves and, you know, they can't just give a clear answer. You know, this is what the episode is. So, Katie. I think or I agree Ash. with you saying that they screwed up, that, like, may, they miscounted and they can't count it, that ABC needs to count it a certain way and they want to count it a different way and they conflict or. They're conflicting with what the the network is saying. Exactly. So they might have their answer, and ABC has a different answer. Yeah. So there we go. So Katie, you can give your final thoughts. No, like I agree that they need to like get it straightened out. But for us, when we take episodes. We take them by what the script says. And so the script was 408 with Smash and Mirror and 409 was Fall. So that's how we did it. You know, we tagged it as, and we consider Smash and Mirror one episode because that's what the script was. It was one script. Um, And that's just basically what we do. Correct. I I think they were late in the game when they realized that Smash the Mirror was going to be two episodes. Because as we saw with Operation Mongoose, there's Operation Mongoose Part 1, and there's a script Operation Mongoose Part 2. Even though it aired over two hours, they had the foresight, or at least they they had planned on making the finale to uh, a two-hour type of thing. So they knew ahead of time, okay, we're, we're going to split the story in half, and uh, we're going to split the script in half. I really think, because remember last fall, they kept on releasing all these extra scenes. We haven't really seen that this season. 
but they did that a lot like especially because of frozen and whatnot and they were really riding the frozen wave you know once abc sort of granted the extra hour to them and other shows you know they were like well we have enough content here let's just make this two hours and i think fall had already been released the episode title i believe maybe even the following episode had already been released its title so you know they just didn't feel like going back and re-classifying stuff and that sort of led to the confusion and annoyance in some people. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a big thing, but it is kind of annoying how they sort of are, you know, very uh, flippant about it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless... We're getting a two-hour episode, of, which is exciting. Regardless... Yeah. <laughs> regardless of hours, five, twelve is the 100th episode. Episode. Until they change their mind again. The 100th script. There you go. The 100th script that they've written. Until they change it again. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways. So, yeah. So, in my opinion, I need to recount them again. I forgot to do that before this. But the 12th is the 12th episode of this season is the 100th script that they have written correct and and that's right if we go by script numbers because they did 22 scripts 22 episodes season one 22 scripts 22 episodes season two as well as season three season four there's the bit of the discrepancy but they're counting it as there are technically 23 episodes because it's 23 hours but they have 22 scripts so I guess in the fall, we'll have the 11 episodes, but they're not counting births two hours as two episodes. So technically, the fall has 12 hours, 11 scripts, and in the spring will be episode 12, which will be the 100th script. If that made any sense to anybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so hopefully, I do hope in the spring we have two-hour episodes. I mean, that would be fantastic as well. I think that they're going to make the 100th episode two hours. Which will mean that this season will have, like, 25 (laughs) hours or something. Which would be fantastic. Yeah, not going to complain. I agree. (laughs) So anyways, there's that whole, you know, can of worms. But, um, regardless, we are getting a 100th episode, and it's going to be amazing. Um, except we're going to have to wait a while to see it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope it's an alternate reality type of thing, because I, th- I kind of am a little sad. Because I really don't think the Dark Swan thing is going to end in a half a season. Because it took forever for Rumble. feasibly see how that can happen. Because that's like such, you know, the Dark... Rumple is the dark one lasted forever. Exactly. How is it going to be like Emma's, you know, the dark one for like half a exactly. season? You're like 10 episodes. Okay, bye. She's, you know, back to normal. Yeah. So that's why I, I hope it's an alternate rally type of thing. Cause it would be nice to see Emma happy and, and not dark swan. Uh-huh. She needs yeah. to get her happy ending too. Exactly. But uh, I want to yeah. see what they do with Rumple now that he's not the dark one again, because whatever happens to him, we can kind of expect to happen to Emma. If she becomes real Emma again. Yeah, exactly. So, 
But I think it'll be, be different for Emma, because remember, she has light magic in her. Rumple yeah. didn't. Yeah, beforehand. And she's the savior. Yeah. But continue on, Katie. Yeah, no. Anyway, so that's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I definitely don't think they're going to end the Dark Swan arc. At least in a complete sense. Um, by <clears throat> this uh, mid-season finale. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we'll get rid of uh, all the Camelot people except for maybe Merlin. I could see because Merlin is tied to the Dark One. Yeah. Unless he dies or something. I I, oh, I hope that maybe he... Maybe he's the heart she crushed. Exactly, you never know. Oh, God. Um, you know, I, I hope that he continues on. Because, you know, I feel like he's an important character that he shouldn't be sort of relegated to just a, uh, you know, 10-11 episode arc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, we'll get to ratings real quick. The ratings, the initial ratings for Sunday night's episode came out. It is at a 1.6 in the demographics with 5.22 million viewers. That's two points down, point two points down from um, last week's episode, um, initial ratings-wise, that is. Um, I think that has a lot to factor in with football, and The Walking Dead premiered last night. Um, and I'm assuming Sunday that they night. had rerun. So I'm sorry, Sunday night. Um, but I'm assuming that they had reruns before the new, the premiere. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people tuned into that. Sunday nights have just gotten kind of, it's, it's a very tough slot, especially this season. I'm noticing most of the shows on ABC and all of the other places i think are down um so 1.6 is a series low for once upon a time but to be honest with you 1.6 as a series low is not bad at all that's yeah. almost that you that's like that's like four um up the four down from two in the demographics which is not bad at all Correct, and it was so. it's tied for the highest-rated scripted series exactly. of the night. Yeah, and uh, they always adjust up. So yep, yeah, exactly. So that's important, and um, the networks really look at, especially now, they really look at the live plus three um, ratings. And again, um, the second episode, the price was adjusted up in the live plus three ratings to a two point. Seven, I believe, in the demographics, which was the same as the premiere, so it stayed steady. Um, hopefully, this episode will um, adjust up almost as well, if not better, um, than the other ones. So, I guess we'll see, but we're really not in that much trouble. We've definitely got a sixth season for sure. So, yeah, oh. just keep watching live. Exactly. So, Listeners, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys.
Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Good night. Bye.